Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Daycast. I'm Joel, joined by Damien McDonald. It is Monday the 30th of November 2023. This is episode 281. Uh, apologies if I sound a bit croaky. I completely lost my voice last week, Damien. Uh, and that coincided right with uh, a double dose of parents evening. So mm. I was just like croaking at them like, oh, your child's done. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it was not good. It was not a good sound, but I think I've got most of it back. So raring to go and uh preview world tag league and all the exciting wonderful stuff happening uh shinion i love it uh, listen i'm sorry to hear that i didn't know uh i didn't know the vocal cords were uh in, in jeopardy here today but uh, i'm glad maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get one song out of you tonight <laughs> a little maybe a little jingle from uh an, uh, an english <laughs> Did you any ice cream <laughs> advert i hope that would be no, fantastic go ahead keep going that's all the, the only bit I can remember. Aww. Italian ice cream. Huh? <laughs> this is the 90s, right? This is in the 90s you were, uh, you were tapping. Yeah, no one's going to get this reference at all. Well, Where's that ever stopped me before? I was about to say, after your jokes are that, I, I, I have to look up some of the, your references. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck he's talking about. Uh, yes. Uh, well, very good. Yes. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, fuck faces listening. Um, Hello, you. Enormous pieces of shit. You fucking, fucking parasites. Pigs. <laughs> Miserable fucking pigs. Um hey, it's it's World Tag League. Um it's it's uh I was gonna say it's an exciting time, but let's be honest here, it's really not. But uh it is leading up to the end of the year with uh, all the fun of Wrestle Kingdom, all the fun of year end awards, right? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Jolie Khan, but uh, you have arranged once again the annual tradition of us having a nice little holiday while others steer the ship into the cliff. 
Yeah, so uh, Luis wrote in and said that there are still plans for you guys to take a break during World Tag League. If so, have you found suitable guests to take over the podcast? So I was very excited to receive an email from uh, Lawrence and Evelyn, who are, I know we're not supposed to have favourites. They're amongst my favourites in mm. terms of guest hosts. So they are up for doing it. And as they were the first people to reach out, I said they can have first pick. Like They can pick which shows they want to do. Nice. because. Uh, First come, first served, and I love listening to them. They're tremendous. Uh, Boo's definitely still keen. I'm trying to see if J. Michael will do it again because I always enjoy listening to him. He's probably one of the most... uh got his finger on the pulse in terms of New Japan. So now I have sort of backed myself into a corner with something because oh. uh, I was listening to the Voices of Wrestling flagship and heard uh, Rich and Joe, I wouldn't say talking shit, it was done sort of affectionately about World Tag League and us taking a, a break really the tag league. what they and, say and then joe was sort of, well joe was just sort of messing with him which is like oh I, I heard that you and joel are gonna do a collaboration show together and <laughs> cover world tag league and rich was just sort of like joking me like ah yeah yeah that's right but i've listened i pulled him up on that i was like no you, you've committed to this now you have to do it is so he he's agreed to do it ah <laughs> he said he will so i tried to pick like the worst possible show so I will do a show during World Tag League with Rich. Okay. Yeah, again, you are very welcome to join. We'd love you to join, but if you want to take that break, that's fine. So I, again, we'll get on to World Tag League, but at the moment I'm looking at this show, which is uh, Thursday, November 29th in Kanagawa with a main event of uh, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols against Yujiro and Evil. I think that will be a good one for a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that's also Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, any suggestions for what show me and Rich do? Uh, because I think it should be like a top to bottom, like reviewing every single match. Yeah. From you know the young lions to the, the main event. Yeah, that's, that's how I see. It. Uh, yeah, make him make him uh, make him really think about what he says. You know, words have impact and words have meaning, <laughs> and. Uh... <laughs> And we're gonna not only we're gonna hold you to it, we're gonna make you suffer. Um, I'll have to look. And it's mutual suffering. Yes. It's mutually assured destruction. Like I'm <laughs> throwing myself under the bus as well. We're both going down, Rich. But uh, yeah, well, that's good. That's good. We got some. That's how I roll. We got some A-listers. Got a, we got a, we got a nice little lineup there. I like that. I like I like that. This is a tradition. I like that. Uh, pardon the pun, but you do hear new voices, except. You know, aside from us, um, I, I'm I'm glad that you're taking a bullet, right? I like that. Uh, I like it all. I like the fact that I'm not going to do shit. <laughs> I love that. Fantastic news for me. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's good. I think it's a good, well deserved uh, little little break, and it's fun, and and other people can get involved. And yes, perfect. Rich, yeah. sorry, we need him. Yeah. We- yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, he, you know, Rich is an A-lister. Let's be honest here. Rich is an A-lister, um, and uh, anything that, uh, anytime he can make an appearance, and, and even that Joe Lanza as well. Anytime, it's always good radio. It's always good podcast, right? Always, always an enjoyable listen, thought-provoking and fun and honest. And so, no, it'll be fantastic. And my favorite couple, my favorite team. From Montreal, I enjoy listening to so much, and I look forward to every year. So I'm thrilled, thrilled to have them back. And uh, I know our listeners absolutely adore them as well. So I think that um, – and they sound professional. That's what I really – like, they just sound like a fucking well, well-oiled professional broadcasting team. 
um, and they're willing to do our dumb podcast and talk about probably the dregs of pro wrestling. Uh, they're willing to sacrifice time to do that. It means a lot to me. And then booze and uh, Jay Mike. That's fantastic. What a what a lineup we got. What booze always comes through too. Like there's never a time that we don't send out a call that like um, she's on board. And and again, a great, thoughtful, uh, interesting, fun, entertaining team. Her I'm acerbic. She just does not pull any punches. No, she will just. Take people to the cleaners. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, so absolutely. So, so you know what? Um, I, I look forward to it every year just because I don't have to do shit. But uh, it's also really good and fun. And for you, the listener, uh, it's it's a, it's a treat. A little treat. An annual tradition from the uh, Super J Brone cast. Love it. Uh, and that's not to say it's all filled up. Like, if you're interested in doing it, please shoot me a uh, direct message on twitter or discord or whatever because i'm just scrolling through there seems to be about 48 shows during this tour so we can squeeze in uh, plenty of people there so um yeah like as i said maybe we 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 do deserve a break and maybe that is showing in our content because uh sean writes in and says why do you keep doing episodes if you're obviously not enjoying the product uh however on the other hand derek says last podcast was great you always voice how i feel about the product Low star shootout looked awful, not from a production standpoint, but from like, I remember when the lights were on and there were people at this thing standpoint. How are we on staying positive? And look, and I've, I've spoken to Sean, I'm not calling him out directly. I am. Um, but he, he's you fucking, are. He's that's happy. Happy. I'm being very honest. He's fucking <laughs> lucky I didn't get a hold of him because it, it was two steps away and I was just going to fucking unleash him because I am in no fucking mood. I am in no fucking mood. And I, I was this close <laughs> to blowing the whole fucking thing up and having strapping the bomb onto his chest. Trust me, lucky. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, I, I, I was a bit, uh, I don't know, crotchety as well. But uh, I, I will say, like, we have a duty to do this podcast to be honest, right? Never gonna Give you say up. that stuff is great if I think it's shit, and vice versa. So. And I think we, for the most part, speak, oh, I, don't, I don't want to do this, but, you know, speak for the fact, I would say more often than not, our opinions tend to align with what the fandom at large thinks, right? So you missed something. So, the smart uh, fandom. All, the, the intelligent the fandom. Man. Yeah. Okay, good. Continue. We're not, we're not saying everything is bad, right? This is, what frustrates us is we know the company is capable of great stuff like that. Brilliant main event we discussed last time. Shota versus Osprey. Bonafide match of the year candidate. Like, there is some amazing stuff going on that we will quite rightly throw the flowers at. But, you know, there are, there are legitimate concerns about the direction of the company, which, you know, may, may come up on today's show. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but we owe it to you, dear listener, to be honest about that. Yes. Regardless of who we know is listening. And I know sometimes that sort of criticism comes across as like, you don't like this thing or you dislike this thing that I like. So you should stop doing the podcast. And I don't know if that's necessarily how it was intended, but uh, I think it's important that we can uh, engage with this product that we love critically and not hold it to the same low bar uh, of other wrestling promotions. Cause we know it can be great and it should be great. You, you are, you, you know what? You are the most intelligent man I know. And you say things so eloquently and uh, tactfully 
and uh, you deliver it with uh, a, a, a smoothness and a grace that is really f- fantastic. Now, I'm the opposite. Keep going. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite. Uh, but I'm going to try to to emulate my hero, uh, Jolie Khan. Listen, there are there are no other people on planet Earth that want this promotion to be as great as it possibly can than yours truly and the man who's on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, let, lest I, we forget, we are rapidly approaching episode 300. Yeah. 281 episodes in the bank of this fucking podcast. Right. We want it to be good, guys. Yeah. No one wants it to be good more than us. Trust me. I pray to the gods of wrestling up above in swaddling clothes to please make this product as great as it can be. I know criticism has been thrown our way of being overly negative. Okay. Maybe, maybe people have a a case for that. Right. Yet uh, we also have the same criticism on the other side of the coin of we're fanboys and we're rah, rah and pom poms and cheerleaders and new Japan could do no wrong. And I've always said that I'm perfectly comfortable being in that position because that means we're doing something great. Not only are we massive fans of a product that we know can be great, that is, that is not hitting the mark, also, uh, we love the fact that we can sit here and talk about it and also provide an entertaining, thought-provoking conversation that can extend to you, dear listener, using your head and coming up with your own thoughts and opinions off of that. And maybe we have you see something that maybe you didn't notice, or maybe it helps reaffirm an opinion you already have, or maybe you you see the complete opposite side of the coin. And we will never shit on you for, for coming to the table with, again, the, a different opinion. That That's not the issue. But to sit there and, and I like to call that one the Hinari disconnect. <laughs> okay. Yes. Fine. Yes. I mean, look, I like certain pro wrestlers that Joel doesn't, and and vice versa. I mean, that those numbers are, are are you could probably count them on one hand. But it, there are there are situations where that happens, and that is totally fucking okay. Keep in mind why we do this show. We do the show a again because we love the product. B we we would love to see it succeed and and be as great as it can be and see we enjoy producing an entertaining show that people can laugh people can get angry at people can uh uh have opinions formed or all of the, all the, that's what this is for that this is not just a boring fucking dull ass look i guarantee you that there are people that are in, incredibly knowledgeable about pro wrestling, but God bless them. If you sit through 15 minutes of a fucking podcast, it is, it is torturous, right? Torturous. They're about as entertaining as a fucking pair of socks, right? We're good at what we do. Okay. Let's just fucking lay it out in the line. We're 
fucking good. And we're the best that you got. Right? Okay? So go fuck. No, never mind. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> but that's the truth. That's that's what we do. So uh, that that is why we do the podcast uh, when it seems like we, and I'll put in air quotes, hate the product. Um, it's really about having a conversation about the product and, and the state it's in and honest, honest opinions. Thank you. Very well said. Thank you. Um, okay, let's start off with a nice, easy one. That's not going to get you riled up. Uh, Boo says, please tell Uncle Damon about the latest battle between clout, demon, Kieran, and TV Asahi. We need his uh, instant reaction. Now, I can't give you an instant reaction because we have already discussed this uh, yeah. one off the air. But this is... So, I think a lot of people listening will know uh, Kieran RH. He does... What does he do? Uh, lots He's of just wrestling his ass, <laughs> is what I understand. <laughs> lots of Twitter content, you know, on this day, this happened, you know, gifts and all that stuff. <laughs> and it seems like there's, there appears to be, like, in my headcanon, an entire department of TV Asahi specifically employed to stop him from posting anything related to New Japan. Every time he posts a GIF or a video or a screenshot, bang, the, the DMCA come down hard and fast. But um, I didn't know this. <laughs> he reveals on our discords that they blocked his New Japan World account, <laughs> won't let him sign up for a new one, and have ignored all his emails <laughs> asking for help. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is the most preposterous thing I have ever heard in my entire life. It's it, Like, seriously, it, that's confirmed as being accurate. So what he's saying is, and again, just I, I'm saying it just so I can actually have it rattle around my big squishy dumb head. New Japan World or and TV Ashari uh, has decided to have a personal uh, uh, blocking of his account and any attempts based off of his IP address. I'm gathering um, to sign up for an account on New Japan World. Is this accurate? Yeah, so he's, he's had to set up an account on a burner, like an anonymous burner account, <laughs> because he shares, he promotes too much of their content for their liking, so they won't let him pay money for their products. Oh, fucking believable! What planet are we on? I, I, it's unbelievable. This is look. I don't know him. I see him around about. Uh, he is a name that I uh, can't pronounce, but yet I am familiar with. Um. He is, he's, he's, he loves the product. I don't, I, look, I understand copyrights and all that stuff. He's not making a dime off of this, is he? Like, it's not like he's like selling bootleg fucking tapes. Holy shit. I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I am, I am absolutely blown away that a company who needs every fucking ounce of, of fandom to get behind a product that is struggling to say the least, and they're going to go out of their way. And again, I want to be very clear. They're going out of their way to block this guy's IP address from signing up to the, and I put in air quotes, new and improved New Japan world, which honestly is a bigger hunk of shit than it was wait, before. Wait, no, don't, don't, don't. We, we get it. That's the next topic. Okay, Please. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, 
I've never been more embarrassed to be a New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, if that is an accurate situation that is happening. I've never been more embarrassed in my entire... Can you imagine... Can you imagine any other league, uh, 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 sports entity doing that? Can you um, the National Football League? The National Football League here in the United States is a billion dollar operation with TV rights that would make any pro wrestling company piss their pants if they got that kind of money. They it's 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 commonplace. It's it, you, any any given Sunday, you will see screenshots and gifts and comments and comment. Can you imagine the NFL being like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, we're going to sh- we're going to shut uh, the NHL, NBA, baseball, Premier League. I can understand that you want to block like illegal streaming. Of course. Right. Makes sense. I can understand that you want to block pirating and torrents of your shows. Absolutely. Sure. Of course. Of course, we're not we're not dumb. Uh, I mean, it's a you know, you're 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 chasing the dragon, but look, that's technology. But uh, that's another conversation for another day. To share screenshots, gifts, two seconds. How long did it? Uh, I mean, what's the longest gif you've ever seen? Maybe a minute, right? If that. And it's not like he's giving away finishes uh, for imp- important shows. Like he's only helping you. He's only helping you, and yet, as uh, Junior would say from The Sopranos, I extend my hand, and you slap it away, <laughs> right? Well, that's exactly what's happening. Well, well, then I give everyone permission to come heavy. How about that? Bravo. Um, okay, then let's go to New Japan World. So Antonio says, Thoggoths on this NJPW World update. Not better than Wrestle Universe, but pretty good Thoggoths. Uh, second question is, are guys a Fortnitella since you guys, some stuff that actually uh, Reliazized, including Benfica's season and Casho Fernandez revolts, Chelsea and good scoops. Did you guys also predict the future? Uh, look, Antonio, if the New Japan podcast doesn't work out, I'm, I'll, I'll do a football one. Yeah. And it will be just as good, if not better. Uh, and the Positive Wrestling fan says, how about how awful NJPW World app is? Seriously, you search Osprey and no results found. <laughs> search Okada, two things come up. <laughs> Did I not predict this? Did I not predict this? Did I not say that this will fucking... They've had how long to to figure this out? Who's coding these fucking websites and and just... And they are the worst. Who are they getting for this? This is... Like, I thought, like, this was a a country and a place where uh, coding and... uh, technology and uh, they're on the forefront and they or they or they have access they are the fucking worst i cannot imagine how that could get green lighted and be like okay let's release this i two two results come up with maybe your most important wrestler over the past what 10 15 years it is just an absolute it is Eddie Kingston levels of hunks of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what has been your personal experience using? Because I, I used it for fifteen minutes. To be honest, I, I'm, yeah, good. I, I'm not a guy who I, I don't sort of dig into the archives. I know people are upset. I yeah. couldn't find them. That has been right. Yeah, all that stuff's gone, and they say it will be up by the end of next year. Jesus I believe Christ. that when I see it. I don't. That's not, I don't care for. But I completely get why people are upset about it. But I try to watch um, Lone Star Shootout, and it's split it into. 
episodes oh where God. each match was a different episode. But then every time a match finished and I tried to go to the next one, it would it would have an error message saying that um, I was running too many accounts at the same time. Oh. So maybe someone's got my login account. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm not aware of that. But uh, yeah, it was not a net positive for me so far anyway. It is horrific. Uh, Joel, I, again, I, I, obviously I'm a big fan of watching, uh, the classics, right? And I was kind of curious to see maybe if they got some new stuff, maybe they, uh, got some, uh, you know, maybe they released stuff that they already owned and they decided to finally get it up there. Uh, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even tell you where it was. Like there's new stuff. Uh, there's. Uh, what was it? New stuff, and then it was um, the, it recommended stuff, and it was the same, but it was the same stuff. Um, I could watch, I could watch. Uh, uh, no, I, well, I couldn't watch if I had a VPN. I obviously could, uh, but I, I could watch the AEW show. <laughs> that was that was that was the first thing it recommended for me, as a matter of fact. But I, but it says only available in Japan, which is again another just unbelievably great. Look, I don't know. I, I, look. Whoever is is in charge of this is just a boob, just an absolute boob. It is a nightmare to navigate. It is a nightmare to find things. Obviously, you know, Osprey one, Okada two. It's embarrassing. Once again, once again, New Japan Pro Wrestling leading the way in shitting the 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 bed. Now, could you imagine? And again, we're talking about. Billion, millions, if not billions, of dollars difference between revenue that like a a, a WWE would would bring in as opposed to a New Japan. But um, that being said, um, for those of you who have the Rev Pro streaming service, or uh, may have uh, dabbled a little bit in the Ring of Honor streaming service, I I don't I don't ever remember having as many issues finding content than I do with this new version. The It's amazing when the old version is a thousand times better than the new version, and the old version was a steaming pile of shit to begin with. It's just embarrassing. Who Look, I would have no problem if they were like, hey, you know what? I know we said this, that we're going to release this, this thing on Tuesday, but it's really not ready for prime time. We're going we're gonna to wait another week. See if we can iron out some bugs, blah, blah, blah. Or how about this? This is a novel concept, Joel. You know, we have a lot of very smart, technically savvy listeners and people who know their way around coding a website and the technology is involved in streaming, uh, which uses a uh, connectivity uh, protocol called UDP. I don't know if you knew that. I, I'm studying uh, cybersecurity. I don't know. Uh, it's a connectionless or excuse me, a uh, not, not a connection list, but a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a uh, uh, it's not looking for a handshake, so to speak. It's just giving out the information in the packets, Joel, uh, as opposed to uh, TCP, is it? Or yeah, uh, that looks for that connection. Anywho, um, we have very smart people, very intelligent people, even in our Discord, right? Even in our Discord, how about setting up like a little beta test? Little beta testers kind of, kind of give you the bugs, right? Report them back, 
get a little, maybe a you know, couple months free for their time and trouble. And F- no, why would they do that, Joel? Why would they even think about doing that? Why would they not just reach out and say, hey, you know what? I know you got a lot of smart cookies, huh? Hanging out in your Discord, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of intelligent folk. You mind uh, doing a little beta test for us? And if they did do that, then who they? I don't know. They probably give it to like a, a fucking assisted living facility. <laughs> the website looks great. <laughs> Look at all these pictures. <laughs> That's my imitation of an old person in an assisted living home. <laughs> I pooped my pants and they smell like baby powder. <laughs> That's terrible. It's not even fun. <laughs> I'm laughing at that though. What, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about old people in assisted living homes. Pooping their pants. Anyway, um, the, the it stinks, Joe. It's terrible, and I hate it, and I don't like it. And uh, just another another fuck up. <laughs> add it to the add it to the list. Yep. Oh, well, I, no, I tell you, my uh, working theory is that the reason they've done this improved, well, not improved, this new new Japan world is because in this one you can't screenshot stuff. If you take a screenshot, then it's just black. Are you kidding? So, me? They've introduced this specifically to foil Kieran. Just bring the Are you conversation full circle. Seriously, is that true? Like, because I know there's like, um, there are like, uh, uh, you know, like training sites, you know, where you can learn all kinds of different technologies and stuff. And and a couple of them do that because they don't want their shit pirated. I, I can get that. Um, and they're afraid of like, you know, somebody playing a video and recording it and then, you know, up on a torrent site. I get that. I understand that. But you can't even do a, a screenshot of anything on that site. Is that what you're saying? I think this is when you're using the mobile app. If you do, you know, like on the iPhone, if you sure, do the screenshot button. function, yep. yeah, it will it will just come out black. <sighs> you know. <laughs> oh, Lordy Lou. It's unbelievable. Look, I'm not saying... Uh, I'm not saying anybody would want to or should do something like this, but boy, it would be a real shame if if some some bad actors just decided to take their frustrations out. <laughs> oh, just burn it to the fucking ground! Come on, come on, you end mappers! Come on, you meta. Come on. <laughs> I'm just rattling off cybersecurity terms. Oh boy! Well, look. Uh, once again, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. They don't get it. They do not get it. Um, I understand their concerns of piracy and all that, and 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 well, should fine. But screenshots and Twitter and all that is just—it's so embarrassing. It's unbelievable. And and here's the thing: I understand it's not—it's—it's their—it's their intellectual property, and Japan has very uh, uh, different. We'll call it laws and interpretations of that and i respect that but if you want to be an international company and you want to grow your product i'm just saying this is the stuff that that we bang our heads against the wall and not for nothing people in your own company are banging their heads against said wall we're holding hands banging our heads against a collective wall can you stop can you get out of your own fucking way for once I swear to God, if I could just spend 10 minutes in that fucking company, people, heads would be rolling. Heads would be rolling. I'm telling you. You're just just cleaning house of this tired, 
antiquated, just, oh, God. Why do we follow this company? You know what? Who, who was it? Sean? Was it Sean? You know, you're right. I do hate this company. Right. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. All right. All right. Let's go on to the Lone Star Shit. Right. 40 minutes. I barely anywhere near it. Right. This is uh, Friday, November 10th in Garland, Texas, the Curtis Colwell Center, uh, an attendance what? of 1,027 people. Really? So, uh, first of all, this, this talk production, uh, it was extremely dark and you couldn't see the crowd. Was there a crowd? I don't know. It says there are thousands. 27 people there. I I could see or hear no evidence of them, but <laughs> what was your experience of the show like from a production Holy standpoint? shit. I, you're right. It was, so at when, you know, it first come, come, came on, uh, you know, they had the shot of the uh, entrance curtain, right? Uh, that was literally a curtain. And um, it was like two steps to the ring. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a quick walk down the aisle. Okay. Uh, and it was pitch dark. And and the first thought was, okay, maybe they're doing like the old territory days where, you know, they just want to light up the ring um, or even like, you know, the old concert thing where, you know, we're going to tarp off sections. So because tickets aren't so long. it was pitch black. Uh, they did a shot at the of the uh, announcer's desk and poor, poor Walker Stewart. I mean, look. Walker Stewart's a big guy. You know, he's at big, tall and every other term. Big dude. Uh, you could barely see. <laughs> you could barely see him. It was unbelievable how poorly lit this production was. Um, so uh, yeah, I who knows how many people were there. You you couldn't see a thing. You could not see a thing. And 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 unless the wrestlers uh, stayed in the ring, and and when I mean in the ring, I mean like in the middle of the ring. Like even when they came to the corners, it, sometimes it got a little. Uh, lost a little light. So it was just one of the worst looking shows from a, just a pure lighting standpoint uh, that uh, in 2023, I've seen independent pro wrestling shows that have been taped. uh, Like when I'm talking independent, I'm not even talking like, what is it? GCW uh, uh, or, uh, like, like, I'm talking, like, just VFW Hall indies lit better than this show. It was in an absolute embarrassment. I could not stop giggling at how shitty the the production was. The, how do you not have Joe? I went uh, like in, in the beginning of this year to Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Hamburg, Pennsylvania is famous because of uh, it used to be one of the home bases for the WWF doing TV tapings, right? And inside said Hamburg Fieldhouse, Kevin Kelly was running uh, his little independent shows there uh, and he got a great crowd, by the way. But it was just a historic building because a lot of the stuff that I grew up watching was filmed in this said building. Um, And they still had the overhead lights um, that Vince Sr. bought to have installed in this building, it's still there. The whole rig right up there. Better lit than this show. <laughs> Better lit than this New Japan Pro Wrestling show. I cannot tell you how embarrassing it was and also a little bit funny. A little bit funny. 
Right, so we started off here with the uh, kickoff match, a strong survivor match produced by the NJPW Academy. Matt Vandergriff uh, defeating Barrett Brown in four minutes, 44 seconds with a 450 splash. Uh, you know, taking us right back to our New Japan strong roots of uh, Barrett Brown jobbing in what looks like an empty <laughs> arena. So uh, pour one out for the Stray Dog Army. I, I don't know, this may be a bit sad because I've always been a bit of a cheerleader for Barrett Brown. I think he's talented. I think he'd be pretty good as a, a regular guy on these shows. He's you know, got that sort of heelish weasel face uh, and, and he's a pretty good worker. But um, it seems, I, I think he said backstage this was the first time he'd worked a strong show for a year. So um, sort of indicative of the way most of the guys who were sort of mainstays during the, that strong era have been sort of quietly um, phased out. out the door. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I felt the same way. I felt bad. I, I just, you know, if you're a, a a pro wrestler and you get that call and you're like, okay, you know, I'm going to work, you know, they're going to fly me into Dallas. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm going to work New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, I, I would just think it would, you would, in your mind's eye and then, and, you, know, you know, as you're working toward these goals, you would think that um, it would be just a little bit more than what was delivered. Um, I felt bad. I felt bad because this is a perfect example of a guy who, I feel has paid a lot of dues um, when it comes to sticking it out with this company, and this is this is the reward. This is the this is what. Th- Here's the bottom line: this match, which wasn't a bad match, I thought both guys tried really hard, but you know it's hard when no one cares, you know, and 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 when I say no one cares. It's not their fault. It's not the wrestler's fault. It's here's a guy that's been with Strong for how long, Joel? Over a year, a year and a half, two years, maybe even. Um, and you know, look, somebody's got to open the show. But I don't know. I just think there are some guys that I feel have you would think have earned the the right to not be in that position, but. Once again, here we go. And then, and I know we're getting there, but th- then the second match just screams, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, uh, great segue. I mean, this is case in point, really. So the second kickoff match, Fred Rosser defeating Tom Lawler, 30 minutes, three seconds with a crucifix pin. Um, and yeah, just sad that this is on the pre-show. They both worked it like it wasn't. I mean, they put fire and heart into it. It's a really good match that deserved better. Really cool finish as well. I like the post-match where they shook hands and then slapped each other and then shook hands again. Did not ultimately lead to the World Tag League entry that uh, some of us were hoping for. But suggested backstage they might be doing it again in Japan. Fred Rosser seemed to indicate that they, they would be going to Japan. So hopefully we will get to see more of them. But uh, again, this is my catchphrase of the day. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's ain't that the truth? Um, are we allowed to to mention who we talked to and what was said? Uh, well, so yeah, I was. I won't go into specifics, but I tried to investigate why this match was on the kickoff, and I was wondering maybe one of these guys had like a, a prior appointment, like a, another wrestling show or something they needed to make, so that's why they had to do it early, but. No, it was it was not the case. This was just put on the kickoff show for no good reason, really. <laughs> no reason at all. This is the, now. Let's keep in mind. 
if this doesn't give you a, an idea of what the promotion now thinks of a product that they had invested so much time, effort, and energy in, uh, this was a, this was a the top feud in the promotion. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I think it won strong match of the year two years in a row. Yeah, I mean, this was the cornerstone of the promotion. I mean, just countless hours dedicated to, uh, and rightfully so, to a feud that worked on every level. There's it, it worked on every pro wrestling level there possibly could be. And not even on the main show. Not I want that to sink into to the listeners. Not even on the main show they had these guys go out there and not for nothing, as I'd like to say, kick ass when they didn't have to. Like if there was any time that those guys grab a hold, f- let's go fucking 12 minutes, get in, get out, and I'll meet you at the fucking uh, In-N-Out Burger. Right? <laughs> Why not? But no. No, they didn't. They were professional. They put on a good match. Pr- pretty great match, actually. Um, worked hard and and delivered when, by God, they didn't have to. And they would have had every right to put on a fucking T-shirt, like half the fucking roster, uh, in, in 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 a similar situation, and go through the motions. They didn't. So uh, thank you, Tom Lawler. Thank you uh, to everyone involved in, in putting on this match. I, I, I enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment. Okay, uh, then that got onto the main card, which was the... Oh, did I say, I say Fred Rosser? I know I he said Tom Lawler. Thank you, Fred Rosser. Thank you, Tom Lawler. Thank you, Fred Rosser. Th- thank you. Yeah, let's, yes. let's, let's give him his flowers Sorry. as well. Uh, we had a six-man tag match with Mascara Dorada, Tiger Mask, and Atlantis defeating the team of Echicero, Rocky Romero, and Ultimo Guerrero. 30 minutes, 41 seconds. Uh, Mascara Dorada pins Echicero after a shooting star press. Um, I, I like these Lucha Vibes match um, matches. It was a fun opener. There, I don't know. D- Dorado wasn't very good at this. Actually, there were quite a few botches between him and Echicero. Uh, they seem these matches have seemed to have replaced the strong multi-man tag matches that I so used to love. But I do really enjoy the CMLL involvement. So I think this is a, a net positive, and yeah, it's a fun fun opener. Yeah, um, you know. I, I, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any coincidence of seeing a lot of the uh, the lucha style tag matches on these strong shows and you know, or New Japan shows or whatever you want to call them. Um, and and Rocky Romero having a little bit of a success in, the, in down in Mexico as well. Do you think there's any correlation there, Joel? <laughs> I don't know. It could be. I, I could be completely wrong, but you know, seems odd. But okay. Fine, you know, as long as everybody's getting paid, everybody's. I'll scratch my back, you scratch yours. Uh, Wait, they're scratching their own backs. Oh, yeah, listen, everybody scratch, everybody scratching everybody's backs. Um, look, it's. Uh, I I don't necessarily. I don't hate it, right? I I I don't hate the matches. I think the matches generally are are pretty good, and and this is coming from someone who. You know, maybe not uh, 
maybe doesn't throw enough flowers to the lucha style as as others. Um, I guess once again, I just I just think, okay, would that spot be better filled with guys that have worked so hard for the company um, to to kind of take that spot? I I, I don't. Do I enjoy the matches? Yes. Do I feel that this is a, a situation that other people could benefit from that would be more important to New Japan as opposed to the guy running the show, getting scratching backs and doing favors? Mm, I do. Sorry. Got to be honest with you. It's, it's uh, entertaining, but, but it serves no purpose except the people that are in the ring. Uh, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I just, I, I think the CMLL partnership has been really good this year from starting from Fantastic Mania, really. And I just like seeing something a bit different. You know, we don't see a huge amount of this on New Japan writ large. So, yeah, personally, I don't have a problem with it. Although, yeah, your, your criticisms are valid. Um, so let's move on to the next match, which was a no disqualifications match with Toriano defeating Gino Ginelli um, in 9 minutes, 29 seconds via schoolboy. And look, this went way harder than I expected. So I have to respect the effort from both these guys. I've had a nice post-G1 Yano detox. And, and actually, I mean, he seems to be featured less heavily this year since he's been out of the KFBW scene. I can't really remember any Yano singles matches outside of um, the G1, actually. But I still came into this expecting the worst, and I was pleasantly surprised. They took some big bumps. I think we seem to recall Yano taking a Death Valley driver bump onto a chair, so fair fucks to him. He absolutely did not need to do that, so you can't really fault the effort here. This is This is decent. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I feel the same way in the sense that I don't think a lot of people necessarily went into this thinking that it was going to be as intense as it was. Um, I think everybody was maybe even expecting uh, uh, a lot more comedy. Didn't didn't happen, uh, which was a pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, they did a lot of stuff that I didn't think you know was even necessary given. The, the 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 implied crowd at the show, um, and I bet you know it, it it came across TV. Okay, you know, I mean, again, it's, it was hard to pick up some of the action if they went outside the ring, but in the ring, I thought they they all worked hard, and and again, Joey Janela, it's not like he's you know not coming off some serious injuries, right? So to, to do what they were doing was pretty nice to see that they were even willing to do, and even Toriano, you know, it was it was, you know, again a, a perfect situation of a show where you didn't have to do all that, and you could have gotten out of there doing much less. But uh, the fact that they went out there and 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 performed at such a, I want to say dangerous level, but you know, I'm going to say dangerous level. I, I appreciate it. I really do. I, I and and trust me. I think I think if we saw more Toriano matches similar to this, I don't know if we would have that criticism of oh the fucking Toriano match, right? Now, 
is he going to do that every time out? No. And, and I wouldn't recommend anyone doing that really. I think your career is going to be, be shortened tremendously if, if, if you did that. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a, a sort of locker room meeting where they said, right lads, you know, uh, typically the Anno match has been like your rest match, your night off match during the G1. Well, now they're going to be death matches. So <laughs> anyone wrestling him in the G1, you will be required to take bumps onto chairs <laughs> imagine that <laughs> um but no i mean seriously that uh, i i i'm gonna tip my cat here's what i'm gonna say i and, and in general overall i know we shit on the production um a lot of these guys didn't have to do what they did especially on the undercard um but yet they did um and it and and i definitely can appreciate the fact that you know what? I don't care if there's four people or 400 or 4,000 or 40,000. I'm going to go out there and, and give the people who paid money a show. Um, so uh, both guys, both guys gave, delivered more than I expected. Um, and that's always a win. That's always a win. Then we had an eight-man tag match with Clark Connors, Gabe Kidd, Alex Coughlin, and Chase Owens defeating Kevin Knight, Kushida. Tangalo and Tamatonga. So Clark Connors pinned Kevin Knight after 10 minutes, 52 seconds with the spike. No chaser. Uh, yeah, really fun match. Enjoyed this one a lot. Did not turn out to be the Chase Owens redemption story that um, a lot of people were doom-mongering about. They may be keeping that one in their pocket for a, a much bigger show. But uh, yeah, always enjoy War Dogs. Yeah, this, was, this was good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the talent in the ring. You have a lot of young guys in there that are trying to, to get to the next level. Um, and once again, you know, having a match that again, we're not, we're not, you know, putting this on the best of, but still on it, I keep going back to it on, on a show that might not have warranted the effort. I felt like a lot, all the guys, I don't think anybody, you know, took a night off, especially in this in a multi-man tag match where, you know, to me. And I don't even think he, he was bad. Don't get me wrong, but I think like Kushida was like like pro, if I'm going to rank everybody in this match and 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 what we saw, and he might be bottom of the list. And the, and even then, he was he was always he's always solid. You know, he's always good. So I I, I was to this point on on the show. I don't think I had a complaint about the effort of any in any one of the matches. I, I don't think I had one complaint. Um, from a booking perspective, from a from a, a logic perspective, from a business perspective, yes, of course, I had gripes. But every one of those guys so far, uh, up until this point, I was I was on board with. I thought everybody did well, and I thought everybody tried hard, and I thought everyone performed well. Yeah, that's really our complaint when we're criticizing New Japan, it, like the quality of the wrestling or the effort of the wrestlers, like that. I think is something that is consistently high, and that's you know one of the things we love about New Japan. But um, anyway, I, I digress. We move on to the strong openweight tag team championships, which was Hikaleo and El Fantasmo successfully defending against West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs. So ELP pinned Isaacs after 14 minutes and two seconds with sudden death, so they've retained the championships. This one was pretty disappointing. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe that's why West Coast Wrecking Crew are not in World Tag League. Uh, although, having said that, viewing the Tag League as a, a meritocracy when Bad Luck Farley is involved is uh, maybe on a highlight to nothing. But uh, either way, the crowds were not really into West Coast Wrecking Crew. The ref bump in the finishing stretch was a bit clunky. 
Um, we do have Coglin and Connors challenging next rather than Coglin and, and Gabe Kidd. So we've got an open weight uh, War Dogs challenge, which is quite interesting. Uh, and there was some beef between West Coast Wrecking Crew and Tom Rawler backstage. They were they were going at it. They were not happy with each other. So, um, yeah, maybe there's some more legs to this. Uh, and I still think there's something there with West, West Coast Wrecking Crew, but they need to deliver in the next spot if they get one because this, this was not it. Yeah, something was off. I don't. I mean, maybe it was just a bad night. Um, I think on paper, I think we both kind of circled this match as being potentially one of the best. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it was chemistry. Maybe it was again. Maybe it was just a night off. Maybe somebody had a fucking cold. Who knows? But it just didn't feel like they meshed well. Like it felt like just something with the chemistry wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it. And and that happens. That happens. But you know, if if you know, you're you're in the wrecking crew, you got to you you're trying to make the most of every opportunity, right? Um and I think sometimes sometimes you have to have a match where even when you know that it might be a struggle just because there is that something you know something that might not quite connect you, you got to figure it out and and that's truth be told when people talk about shit like calling shit in the ring and like that's that's one of those things where when you feel that chemistry not being there and 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 the gears kind of grinding together like you got to be able to pivot and you got to be able to 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 change it up and that's hard there's not a ton of pro wrestlers that have that skill. It's a dying art that um, it's go out there and hit the moves that we talked about in the back. It's not okay. Let's grab a hold and think this fucking through, and and figure out what we need to do to to deliver. Um, no, let's go through our spots that we worked backstage. Um, and to me, again, that's a dying art. It really is, um, and and to be able to recognize that and do that, um, th- I think that separates good wrestlers and really good wrestlers and professional wrestlers. Does it make sense? Like, like to me, having that skill is what the the foundations of of pro wrestling, um, and. When like you get like the you know, people complaining about ah oh, he's just an old man yelling at the clouds, well, okay. In a lot of cases, that might be accurate and not being, but there. But understand that in in between the noise is is that is 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 that um, understanding of what pro wrestling was um, and being able to adapt. And not having that skill or ability or, you know, just having it missing from pro wrestling overall, I think that's a huge, huge loss. Now, Joel, the business has changed. You know, it's no longer in a, in a, a, in a arena type environment, right? It's TV, right? I get it. Understood. On a show like this, though. Is it really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're not we're not are we really playing to the cameras? 
Are we looking for the hard count? Ca- you know, I mean, are we doing that? Um, or is this a show that is being, you know, a house show, should we say, that's being televised? Like, to me, that's what this was. Like, this was not a SmackDown or a Raw or a uh, collision or whatever the fuck they call their show, AEW or whatever. Like, that that wasn't this, was it? This is a this is a house show that was taped. Um, and that's where that skill comes in handy. And just if you don't have it, this is what happens. Yeah, um, I mean, sort of the larger point here, I found this show a bit of a slog to get through. And it wasn't because the wrestling was bad. It just didn't have any sort of buzz or spice or excitement to it. Um, yeah, maybe it was that, as you said, just it did have strong house show vibes to it. Um, but but uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, anyway, so move on then to a special singles match where Mystico defeated TJP 11 minutes, 45 seconds after La Mystica. Uh, again, another match that was good, but not great. It's a solid enough. Didn't feel like either guy really got out of third gear. And they're good enough to be able to phone in uh, a passable match, which, yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got here, actually. Yeah. Um, it's weird because, you know, from that tag match to this, you know, it, it did feel like these were the matches that we were kind of hoping would be the the matches that helped bridge the gap. Because I don't think anybody was, you know, doing cartwheels over the undercard on paper, but that over-delivered. And I think this is where the part of the show where, you know, you have these talented guys and, you know, maybe they were like, okay, for who, for what? <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm not going to go out there and kill myself over, you know, what 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 I what here, um, and it could could have been much 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 better. I thought I thought there was plenty more that was that was cap that like the match was capable of having. Like there, it was it was there was plenty of room to grow, and there was stuff that was left on the table, no doubt. But again, I'll, I'll question, and and again, maybe they're the smartest ones in the building. Of okay, we're going to give them just enough. We're going to give them just enough. Like, we're not just going to fucking grab an arm bar. But, you know, we're not going to have uh, an epic match of, you know, unbelievable caliber now. (laughs) Right? Maybe maybe we hold off on that. Um, And they delivered just enough. Good match. Don't get me wrong. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was bad. But, you know, on paper, I think people were kind of like, ooh, this is going to be a sexy one. And it was... You know, it was okay. It was good. Then we had a strong overweight championship. Eddie Kingston with his uh, 28th successful defense wow. against Satoshi Kojima. No, not really, but I'm exaggerating. No. It was his seventh defense, but it feels like a lot more. Uh, 10 minutes, 43 seconds following the Northern Lights bomb. The uh, the unbeatable Eddie Kingston. He cannot cannot be stopped. Um, was this good? I don't know. I kind of zoned out here. <laughs> It was fine. I, I'm just rapidly losing interest with the Eddie Kingston thing. Is I, I really feel it's diminishing returns at this point. Um, Gabe Kidd, he's the next challenger. That's exciting. So he's in the midst of a bit of a singles push. He's got his big ref throw main event coming up against Will Ospreay. Uh, he should absolutely beat Eddie Kingston, even though he won't, because Eddie Kingston uh, is not allowed to lose wrestling matches ever again. <laughs> yeah, he's the new Andre the Giant. Um, I, I look. We've we've beaten the horse a, a, a trillion times, but you know it's amazing that people will get on 
and 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 complain about like Tomohiro Ishii matches all feeling the same, you know, all having the same like there is not no difference between one Eddie Kingston match and another. Sorry. Like he does all his favorite Japanese pro wrestling spots and is, you know, I'm a tough guy and you're a tough guy and let's exchange blows and it's it's you know, it's no, I'm so, those backfists don't look like they could crack an egg to me. I don't like them. No, not a fan. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three in one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated 
camera. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking and remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door Uh, but but that's but it's you know it's the same 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 like there is no variety in in any of his matches. Um, that being said, um, I do think he does work hard. He works smart. Um, he, you know, he. I think people will give you various varying opinions on how does it look. Um. Look, I'm going to be real honest with you. I am not this guy who thinks that we should go back to, you know, 80s era Vince McMahon WWF. But I'm sorry. There is something about pro wrestling that is pretty magical in the sense that when you see a guy walk down the aisle, like, like he has to feel like he's something different than the guy that's in the seat next to you, right? I, I truly, honestly believe that. And I look, and that's just me. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. That's me. Um, and I feel the same way about you know music, right? The band that I see on stage, I want them to look like a band. Like, I don't want them to look like they just got done fucking pushing carts at Walmart. Like, I don't, they don't that's, like, pro wrestling is magic and a, and, a, and a show. And I don't know. Like, I just want, I, I feel like 
the whole vibe of Eddie Kingston has definite diminishing returns. Um, I love the idea of him being the common guy, right? I love his the fact that he is not afraid to be who he is, and he is who he is, and he's and I use the word again, authentic. I I I appreciate it, and trust me, I love it. No, I mean, wasn't the whole appeal of it like he's supposed to be this everyman, like lovable loser who's going to lose most of the time? But then you know you're cheering for him to get the big win. Right. Booking him as an unbeatable champion, it's which has been at the moment because of the politics. Yeah, it's, it completely compromises the appeal of him. Uh, thank you. You said what I took four hundred fucking words to say. It's exactly what it is. Like the idea of him squeaking out wins is is fine, but again, diminishing returns. The fact that he is this unfucking believable guy pinning legend after legend after le- you know what I mean? Like it's just like okay, yes, they are all like they're old, but they're not that much older than Eddie Kingston, are they? <laughs> right? Um, or at least he doesn't look at it. Um, and I'm not here to shit on Eddie Kingston because I think the story of him. I am. I'm definitely here to show <laughs> All right. That's- I'm sorry. No, you can't say that. You've been calling him a hunk of shit for the last well, month. I mean that lovingly, right? <laughs> I mean that. <laughs> I mean that with all the love in my heart. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like now, it, I, like we're bordering on, uh, okay, you know, that's where we're at. And, you know, he's holding a meaningless title, right, uh, for New Japan. And, you know, win after win after win after win. After win. Has he lost in a New Japan ring? <laughs> like, like, he may have. I, I'm pretty sure he went 9-0 in the, the G1 Climax. In his, <laughs> his right, right. That's, that's what it seems like anyway. It really does, doesn't it? Um, okay. You know, you know, G1 maybe. Yeah, okay. But it's just, uh, you know, the idea of him being the underdog has, has really outstayed its welcome for me anyway. Yeah, I'm just looking now on the website trying to figure out what. What his record is? Where's Chris he's, Samson he's, when you need him? Yeah. Hey, uh, okay. speaking so of Chris Samson, did, did you see what I sent you the other day? Oh, the, yeah, the music video. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. Doesn't he look good? He does. He's fantastic. He, he, I mean, that song is even good. Oh, I, I told him, I was like, look, you guys get back oh together. I'm fucking there. I'm fucking there. I'm there. Okay, I've got it here. So this is Eddie Kingston. So won it against Kenta and defenses Wheeler Utah, okay. Claudio Castagnoli, okay. Rocky Romero, okay. Katsuyori Shibata, okay. Minoru Suzuki, Hinari, and Satoshi Kojima. Wow. Like, okay, some of those I'll give him, but about half of that, I'm just like, no. Come on. No, thank you. Right. It's just silly. It's just silly. Yeah. Look. All right. Look. <laughs> like, can you do me one favor? Can you read off those names once again? Just, I wanted to, to sink in. Go ahead, please, please, if you would. Okay, so he won it from Kenta. Uh-huh. And the successful defenses subsequently have been Wheeler Utah, mm-hmm. Claudio Castagnoli, mm-hmm. Rocky Romero, mm-hmm. Katsuyori Shibata, mm-hmm. Minoru Suzuki, mm-hmm. Hinare, right. and Satoshi Kojima. 
<laughs> There's something very funny here. It's got the dates of all the defences. And then you go to the Suzuki one and it says the date of that defence was January 1st, 1970, which does feel how long this reign has been going on to me anyway. But um, I thought he'd be, I don't know, I thought he'd be not Jack be Briscoe for it. <laughs> Gene Kaninsky. <sighs> all right. Uh, enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, Kingston. He's, he's uh, taking too much of our time. Correct. Uh, okay. What have we got next? Then? So then we had uh, da, 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 uh, John Moxley and Wheeler Utah defeating David Finlay and Kenta. So Moxley pinned Finlay 12 minutes, 48 seconds after death row. He pinned Finlay. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound correct. He must have pinned Kenta, surely. G1? I think he pinned Kenta. Huh? There's the special tag match they oh, had. Oh, oh, oh. Mox, Mox and Utah against... I don't know. Who cares? This was fine. Um, was, was, okay, let me ask you this. Was Finley the least over person in this match? I, you know, look, I am not one to go looking at comments and uh, online stuff because I think a lot of it is just silliness. There, I, there are people that are just totally hand-waving him, like just don't want anything to do with him. Um, he's not over at all. <laughs> I mean, not from a U.S. perspective. Like no one gives a fuck. I'm. T- I, I mean, I. I don't even think he's going to walk into his house on Thanksgiving, and people are going to be like, "Hey, good to see you." <laughs> They're going to make him sit at the kids' table. Um, it's uh, it's it's troubling. It's troubling, you know. Uh, but you know, they're they're trying everything they can. Trying everything they can, and you know, no, they're not. They've booked him in a, a everlasting few rigorous of destiny. I think maybe if they tried some other stuff, it might help. But to, no, to be fair, Philly has not really been pulling his his weight. Well, that, I think they're he's, trying he's in the past. G one onwards, he, he had a rubbish G one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's quite what it was. Very disappointing. But so, in the past two yeah. weeks, they've done everything. I mean, they pretty much, you know, yeah, and you know. It's hard to do to have a guy just like you said for months just fucking trade back wins with GOD and uh have a yeah, again, a very disappointing G one, and then you're trying to tell me that this guy's a guy and it's and it's hard. Um Yeah, he was the least over. It's it's just <laughs> just they're sitting around in the office like fuck, he's not over. He's really shitting the bed. This is the worst bullet club leader we've ever done. What how are we gonna fix this? How about a big mallet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ghetto, you've done it again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ah, oh, that thing is, that thing was the Thor hammer. Um, what are you going to do? Look, they're, they're in trouble, man. They're in trouble with this. And, and, and this three-way match at Wrestle Kingdom. Boy, whew. There, there, there ain't one person that's. Uh, I saw. I've seen. I've seen images of. You know, they have the graphic, and they're just like putting a big red X over his head, and just trying any way they can Ooh. to eliminate him from these matches. So, uh, that's, that's they're 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 in trouble. They're in trouble with it. Okay, uh, now finally some good fucking wrestling to talk about. Zack Saber Junior. defeating Mike Bailey. Uh, successfully defending his NJPW World Television Championship in uh, 14 minutes and 59.9999999 seconds. 
wasn't really, it was 54 seconds. I've exaggerated that for comic effects, but Damon's completely no-sold it. Uh, this is a clear match of the night. <laughs> uh, they Brilliant chemistry. Love this. Great closing stretch. Uh, it was high-paced, no dead time, just ball-to-the-wall action. Wonderful grappling, creative counters, fake-outs. Uh, we even got speedball, the, the street fight, I think, the Tatsumaki simple kick. And I really enjoyed him selling his crooked finger at the end mm. after uh, Zach had twisted them up. Um, he should sign with New Japan. I'd love him to sign. Uh, Zach should be in rest of the year shortlists. Uh, this was great. Loved it. Really good stuff. Yeah, Zach has had a just a just a fabulous year. You know, just a fabulous year. Um, I'm sure he'll be on the shortlist for many people's ballots for wrestler of the year. Um, and and here's the thing too, Mike Bailey has done everything possible to earn a full-time contract. I don't know if he's been offered one or not, uh, but if he hasn't, what a crying shame. You know, it might be a situation where he makes more money taking taking uh, various independent dates. And and also, not for nothing, it's not like he can't sign a contract with New Japan and, and work those various independent dates. Um, what a talent. And a guy that is... Still to this day, I think, very underrated. But I think in 2023, people are beginning. And when I say people, you know, maybe people that that aren't that don't go as deep as, you know, a, a freakazoid who would fucking listen to this show. Um, they're, they're recognizing it and they're seeing it. Um, and it's and, you know. 2023 might be that year of the Mike Bailey breakout in 24, where he really elevates himself to a point where it's, you know, you can't deny him. Um, again, the big fear would be, you know, him just getting fucking scooped up by uh, two other promotions. Uh, and, you know, not for another, maybe that's what he's waiting for. You know, maybe that, you know, he's just going to hold out and hold out until that time comes. Uh, which is scary because it's um, – I don't mind having promotions that – like, trust me, the worst is having one promotion and and New Japan being the option B. Um, having two promotions and New Japan being uh, option C, if that, uh, you know, it's – it's uh, it's one of those things where you want them to succeed, but you don't want them to be too loud about it. <laughs> you know, you don't want him, Kevin Knight, uh, you know, Gabe Kidd. You know, there are a lot of people that are in that mix of okay. Let's put it. Let's put it right out there. They're not Japanese, so the likelihood of them getting signed elsewhere is probably higher than that of the the stud. Uh, kids coming up for New Japan. It's, you know, you don't want them to be too good because too good means somebody's going to write a big check and they're not going to, you're not going to see them in your promotion anymore. That's, that's the troubling state of pro wrestling right now is that that idea of New Japan being a home for people to kind of uh, be that, that uh, place where the, the, and I'll put in air quotes, the good wrestlers go. Well, now there's a second option uh, where people can make a little bit of money and uh, and still do their craft on TV. 
Um, so yeah, don't get too good, <laughs> but, but I do think that Mike Bailey's one of those guys. Um, and, and here's the thing, Zach was one of those guys and, and not to say that he isn't still, but you know, imagine, do you think he questions himself? Do you think he sits there and thinks, Hmm, what if I did take that offer? What if I did go there? What if I, you know, what, 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 what would my life be like? How different would it be? Um, and there's only so many times that they come a knocking on your door. So Zach's another one that I have big time concerns of, like big time concerns uh, that, you know, 2024 might be uh, too big of a year for Zach. I, don't, I just, I'm at the point now where if it's going to happen, it'll happen. I, I can't examine every talented foreign wrestler who works for New Japan through the lens of, is Tony Khan Tony going to steal them? Because the answer is yes, that's always a danger, but I just, I think he just, I don't know, I try and enjoy them while they're there because yeah. otherwise it's just too, too much doom and gloom. It's exhausting. So it is. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is. Now, uh, sticking with uh, Zach Tanahashi is officially his challenger for the NJPW World TV Championship mm. for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, let me read you a little quote when they unveiled this title. Yes. The NJPW World Television Championship will, Obari stated, represent a bright future in NJPW. Every title match will be contested with a 15-minute time limit, encouraging a rapid style in the ring. Obari suggested that he would also like to see the younger wrestlers on the roster complete for the title. Now, look, I know in New Japan, the attention span for their booking with the identity of a title is about as long as a goldfish and, and wrestlers and officials <laughs> seemingly just say shit. Uh, but call me crazy. Does the 47 year old Hiroshi Tanahashi represent the bright future, the rapid style, <laughs> the younger wrestlers on the roster of new Japan pro wrestling. And this will be the 12th match that these two have had in new Japan 12th singles match. Do we think it's going to be, significantly better this time at Wrestle Kingdom than the previous 11 matches? Probably not. Why are we doing it? This, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be balanced here, but this just seems to be such cowardly, creatively bankrupt booking. And I, I know the match will be good. I'm sure it will. But I'll tell you what should be happening. And I've said it before. Okada Tanahashi Ishii should be defending their never six-man titles at the Dome against quality opposition with decent amount of time. You know, I, I even hold my anti-AW bias, put that to one side and say, Kenny and the Bucks would have been terrific opponents for those titles. Uh, and look, if you're looking at this with the angle of this is the biggest show of the year, you've got to have a Tanahashi singles match because we might not have too many of those left. Don't do it against someone who's wrestled 11 times before. I know. It feels like they 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 had no clue. Like they they it feels like they were just and and they weren't, you know what I mean? Like they they could easily, like that that that's a match that is like okay, what are we gonna do? Uh, we, we don't have anything for this guy, and uh, 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 okay, we'll just put him in this match, um, because all of our young stars are doing other things and other programs, and it just makes more sense. Like if, if like if you came to me with that, I would be like, all right. Great. And again, there is a possibility of a world tag league and having, you know, young guys winning that and challenging for tag titles. Of course, there, there is that possibility, the likelihood. I don't know. Who knows? But OK, it's, it's on the table. We're talking 
you need you need to take off your shoes to count how many matches these guys have had in the past. Number one. Number two, um, the promise of what this title was, once again, has just been completely thrown out the fucking window. Um, this match will be great, right? Because it is Hiroshi Tanahashi in Tokyo Dome. And for for whatever reason and how he does it, at 47 years old, uh, he can do it. I, I, I'll never count him out. I'll never tell you no. Uh, and I'll never tell you don't have Hiroshi Tanahashi in a singles match at the Tokyo Dome. I'll never, never say that. Uh, to the day either he dies or I die. We will both be singing that same ballad. It, this, you are you are right in the sense that there is absolutely zero reason why this match should be happening. None. Zilch. Zero. Uh, and yet, here we are. Now, again, the promise of a 15-minute match. Okay. That saves a 47-year-old from doing double that work. Right? So the time limit does play in all of our favors. So it'll be a bit of a sprint. Uh, and you have two very talented, and I say that pff, with all the, the, the you know, f- very good meaning, outstanding and generational talents. Still, that being said, from a company perspective and a booking perspective, it is just, as Suede would sing, lazy. Uh, it's terrible. and. Um, I don't know. You you would hope you would. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're thinking. I can't even analyze it because it's just what what we've done is is we've just created a match. That's it, and that's what this Wrestle Kingdom somewhat feels like. Like we have a lot of matches, and not a lot of what feels like thought being put into these matches. Uh, we had uh, the IWGP Women's Championship. My Iwatani successfully defending against Stephanie Vaquer. 11 minutes, 28 seconds after a moonsault press. Um, this was good. Some pretty brutal spots. Some, some of that looked uh, legit painful. Bit of an underwhelming finish, but um, yeah, I like this well enough. It's fine. Yeah, look, it's it's one of those things that um, if New Japan doesn't care, I don't care. <laughs> right? And I hate to say it, I'm popping up on a nice frosty monster here um i feel sorry for them i do i feel sorry for these young ladies who are putting their heart and soul into this that the company obviously has trouble supporting um i would have liked them to have even more time um i feel i i feel bad because the majority of the crowd, or at least the way it came across as it didn't feel like a lot of people gave them the time of day. Um, and maybe they won over a few more people than than they had when they started the match, because I think they, they both tried their damnedest to, to get people into it, get people behind them, and get people to care. But what an uphill battle, right? What an uphill battle, and it shouldn't be. It, it really shouldn't be it, I, like these matches feel like an afterthought. Um, they feel like they're, 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 they're put in there because they happen to be 
in the United States and it's, it's a cheaper flight. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, so look, uh, I, I like the match. Uh, is it, is this, you know, all Japan women by no means? No, but it, why, you know what? Even if it could have been, why, why do it? Why get it? Dude, they, they were fine. They, they were fine. I, I, and it sounds like I'm shitting on the card. And I, I, I am, but I'm not shitting on the performers because I thought they tried their best. What are you going to do? Yeah, uh, the show was fine. It was it was a, a decent house show. Um, let's bring us into the main event, never open weight championship. Shigo Takagi successfully defending against Trent Barretta, 25 minutes, 44 seconds after Last of the Dragon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the strange case of Trent Barretta. I mean, the guy looked like he was on the verge of a, a big singles breakout year. Then, I don't know, I guess he just got lost in Tony's toy box like like everyone else. It hasn't even got a decent tag on there, which, uh, yeah, um, he's he's not very good on the mic. He's not particularly charismatic. He's, he's good enough in the ring. I think he would have been a good fit in New Japan, but, I mean, you could probably say the same for about half of the AEW roster. I mean, lest we forget the alleged betrayal when he uh, supposedly pissed off New Japan by uh, reneging on a handshake deal. Um, but, you know, that's that's what Rocky's here for now that we've got him back. Um, you know, there are many worse cases of Rocky getting one of his boys a payday than this. This was fine. But, um, yeah, match was all right. I think Trent was trying hard, but it, it didn't have the pace to sustain a 25-minute match. They probably should have shaved off about 10 minutes from those. Um, and, look, I, I did a bit of digging. Trent Brett has not wrestled even a 15-minute match since February 2022. Wow. That was against Jay White. The last match, singles match he had to go to, to hit 20 was against Kenny Omega in April of 2020. Wow. The last match he had, a singles match to go over 25 minutes was against Juice Robinson at the cursed new beginning in USA in February 2019. So, look, quite simply, Trent doesn't have the experience or the skills to wrestle in a match this long. He, he had no business doing that. He might have learned if he'd stuck around in New Japan, but he didn't uh, and he hasn't, so... That ship has sailed. I mean, there were some cool bumps, but doing the the big bloated main event style, kicking out of each other's big moves extravaganza was a bad idea, given that nobody believed Trent would win. Uh, I think they would have been better served doing a 15-minute slugfest where they could have just beat each other up and then gone to the finish. But um, yeah, that was that. And uh, a nice English language promo from Shingo. That was very impressive. Yeah, cowboy hat and all. Uh, you know, you had a little uh, collar, right? You had a little... Uh little hard way it seemed like um i give him credit in the sense that and again going into that not knowing those numbers that you that you uh dug into it's a that's saying something that's 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 you know to to i look i'm sure his his treadmill got a little got a little workout i just find that amazing by the way it's it's a direct flight from philadelphia to uh to dallas (laughs) just fyi I might have something to do with it too. Um, cheap flights, American Airlines, whew, right there. Um, I, I give Trent Beretta credit in the sense that uh, I felt like he did everything he physically could to make this match a competitive, um, interesting, and entertaining pro wrestling match. He worked hard. He busted his ass. Shingo is Shingo, who is you know still to this day uh one of the one of the new japan bright spots 
in-ring. Uh, no one in that building thought there was going to be a title change. No one in that building thought that there that that Trent Beretta was sniffing any type of title uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. Um, that being said, you and and it helps when you have that. Right. It helps any main event that you have that sliver of doubt. But there's not a person in that building, including Trent Beretta's own mother, who thought that he was walking out of there with that title. That being said. Uh, they worked their ass off, right? Um, and you're right. He had no right being in the ring uh, for that long, but yet still found a way to make it work, make it happen. And uh, good for him. You know what? Good for him. Shingo, fantastic. Um, and then uh, <laughs> cap it all off. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, so Mark Wright says, says, what dirt does Tamatonga have on Kidani and Ghetto to warrant getting another singles title match at the Tokyo Dome? We told you. Uh, are the new three musketeers and you are going to work as ushers at Wrestle Kingdom? <laughs> so yeah, Tamatonga came out. Uh, his challenge, the rematch uh, against Shingo for the Never title is official for Wrestle Kingdom. And look, God bless the people uh, at this show shouting, no, we don't. <laughs> Tama was saying they want to see it again. Um, I mean, look, I understand why the company liked to push Tama Tonga. He, he stuck around during the pandemic. You know, he could have signed with WWE, allegedly. They're trying to reward that. They obviously see value there. I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities with Sonata, not in terms of the quality of his wrestling, but just like a, a safe pair of hands that, that maybe the domestic fans seem to appreciate more than the Western fans do. And look, in isolation, like, I might have held my nose and, and swallowed this match and hand-waved it with the usual, you know, well, Japanese fans love him excuse, but not when they've already run the match twice in the back half of this year, including two fucking weeks ago, right? <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom matches, they're supposed to be special. They're supposed to be protected and, and, and exciting. This is none of the above. Uh, oh, it's such bizarre, incoherent booking. I refuse to believe that this was the original plan. Like something's gone wrong here. Surely they fucked something up. This is the backup. And look, even so, like, even if I give them that very generous benefit of the doubt, I could name about 20 different challenges for Shingo that would have been better than this, including the evil hair versus hair match. I would have had that over the Tamatonga challenge again. And, and even the Japanese fans are shitting on this if the Twitter quote retweets to the match announcement are any kind of indicator. And it's just more and more I feel like the prominence of Gorillas of Destiny is one of the worst things in this company right now. And like, I could forgive it if there wasn't anybody else. But as I keep bitching and moaning about, they are sitting on an absolute fucking goldmine of young talent. And this, this is the best that they can do. 47-year-old yeah. Tanahashi challenging for the young man's title. Uh, a, a boring rematch of a match that happened two weeks ago with a challenger who's fucking hit his ceiling harder than that guy on the lift in the opening bit of Mission Impossible. <laughs> We've got Okada ditching his that amazing, brilliant work he was doing earlier on in the year when he was beefing with all the young guys. That's gone in the bin in favour of Tony Khan offer matches. Like, something changed here. Like, am I missing something? Because it's so jarringly different to all the cool shit that was happening in the first half of the year that we were so excited about. And, and what makes this even more inexcusable, David, is that this... Sonata Naito main event, for all we say about it, or look, probably more accurately, the prospect of Naito winning the title and doing the roll call, that is selling Wrestle Kingdom by itself, yeah. right? Ticket sales are doing absolutely fine. So why not show a bit of courage 
and give some bigger spots to the young stars who are, are hopefully going to be carrying this company for the next decade. Thank you. And, and I hate to say it, this is this is the kind of shit I expect from WWE when WrestleMania rolls around and it's all the usual big names getting the big spots. You can't find the young talent with the search party. And yeah, Shota and Ren, they might very well win Tag League. I mean, they're, they're fucking better with the way this card is shaping up or they're going to be pouring out pints of Asahi Super Dry in the stands. But, <laughs> they look you know, good that- in those little yellow skirts, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but look, that potential tag title challenge does not excuse this, this craven, insipid booking. Right? Shota Umino, based on all the current evidence, he's our future ace. No question in my mind. He's got all the tools. He can go. Not in the future. No. This is not me squinting and, and making generous prognostications. He's got it. He's the guy. He's proved it since the G1 kicked off. He is ready now. And the best we're hoping for him on the biggest show of the year is a match with Goto and Yoshihashi, who I love, but this is the future race of your company. And, you know, it's even more grim for Yotosuji, another guy who he's already a star. And, you know, the likes of Yuya and Gabe Kidd and Watto, Kevin Knight, what are they doing at Wrestle Rumble. Kingdom? And I'm not even saying that Wrestle Kingdom will not be great. I'm sure everything will deliver. It will have quality wrestling. Lots of tickets will be sold. Everyone's going to go home happy. But the, the booking and the direction are really troubling to me. And hopefully I'm just making a mountain out of a molehill. This is, you know, a bit of an awkward transitional year that isn't to my taste, but we'll get everything back on track from January 5th onwards. But I'm scared, Damon. Yeah. I'm really scared. I would be. And you're right. Two points that you brought up. One, this is this is night and day between the beginning of the year. Like, go back and listen to, and why would you? But it's there if you wanted to. Go back and listen to uh, our stuff in, like, you know, February, March, April, where we were like, this is fucking crazy great in the sense of it's exciting and fresh. And you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And just random shit that you're just like, whoa, what the fuck happened here? Like, where is that energy? Like, this is this is assisted living home, grandma shit in her bed <laughs> energy. <laughs> it's what it is. It's like, what are we doing? Like, And you're right. This Wrestle Kingdom is selling you know, right around, you know, where and maybe even a little bit more with inflated prices, right? These tickets went on sale before G1 even ended, right? For like the fan club members in Japan, because uh, I we remember getting messages about it and 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 the, the bitching and moaning about the prices being so inflated. Um, so Sonata and 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 Naito, they did their job in the sense of they sold tickets, right? There is at least a, look. I, I truly believe that Wrestle Kingdom is is an event, right? And people buy those tickets knowing full well that that week is right after the holidays, right after Christmas time, right after Hanukkah, uh, right right you know New Year's. Like it's a time for people to uh, get together and enjoy pro wrestling. So you know the dome and and wrestle kingdom is the draw so people book their tickets and their flights and all of that without knowing shit about a show right they don't know what the fuck they're going to say but again it's the idea of going to wrestle kingdom those tickets are are sold right and then when it you know it felt like okay this is a, a naito story of of uh, of redemption sonata all of that when that started bubbling it, you know that sold more tickets and 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 who did a good job of of kind of tracking that from what I understand is is, is John Carroll, 
who, you know, he he's he's uh, you know been screaming from the highest mountain that you know Sonata and and Naito, the idea of that match is what's helping, not helping, is what is bringing people to uh, up until a certain point when when these matches are finally being announced. You know, they sold the tickets. You know, it's them. And whether that's Naito winning the belt, whether that's Naito getting his 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 fucking time at the end, you know, and the and the low single, you know, getting his moment, you know, that he didn't get with Kenta, uh, whatever that case may be, it's it's that's what's selling tickets. Um, now these matches are being announced, and 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 I'm very curious to see how those tickets sales, if there is a spike with any of these announced matches. But you're right. It seems like you have all this opportunity that you're not going to lose money. This is the time to showcase these young wrestlers that, you know, if 35,000, 40,000 people in a building can get juiced up all at the same time over these kids. And and now you got stars for the next year and then boom, away you go. And the, and just the lazy ideas and the and the tired booking and look, Tomatong is not fucking drawing a dime. I'm sorry, he's not. No one, no one, no one. I'm not saying that there aren't Tomatonga fans. Certainly there are. Like you heard him, you heard him in Las Vegas. <laughs> Once again, John Carroll would be like I, like, I tell you one sat right behind me, screaming her head off. Um. It's it's preposterous. We're, why would we go back to this when you have all this talent that A, could use it, and B, the, the company could use it as well? We beat it to death, but it's so disappointing, and it's so just mind-numbingly lazy that you, you, you think that, like, I hope someone is, is uh, okay in new Japan pro wrestling, because obviously they had some type of medical major <laughs> emergency that removed them from the creative process. They're not involved because something had to have happened. Something had to have happened because it feels like two completely different promotions, let alone eras in new Japan pro wrestling. <clears throat> right. Um, well, let's move on then. So we have uh, a show that is coming up on the 17th. So this is this Friday in Yamagata. This is a New Japan Roadshow. So the two matches in note, we have the Tomaki Honma Homecoming Special Six-Man Tag Team Match with Taguchi, Ren Narita and Honma. <laughs> what a bizarre team that is mm-hmm. against Ishii, Tanahashi and Okada. That is not labelled as a, a never six-man title defence. They might do that last minute. Main event is the KPW 2023 provisional match with the holder show defending against Taichi. Not exactly clear what the stipulation is here. I mean, show initially said that his challenger wouldn't have the right to make his own rules and there will be no fan vote. Show deciding completely fair rules for their contest. There you go. Um, one of his suggestions was that the loser can never wrestle in Yamagata again, which I thought was quite funny. But um, yeah, uh, any thoughts, Taichi or show for KPW or don't give a shit? <laughs> I mean, I would hope you, you can give it a show. I would have no problem with that. Um, it does seem like one of those things that at one time, a guy by the name of Taichi found creative ways to make this title 
title and I put in air quotes. Interesting. Um, it's it's there. I I would hate this. I truth be told, I I I I don't want to see like a guy like Yo get bogged down in this stuff. <laughs> I think I think there's more that you can do. Here's that. There's a perfect example of a guy who's. What 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 are we doing with them? Like, can we can we think of something to do with them except this? I I don't know. It just seems. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, I, like, show can be very funny and very entertaining in this House of Torture role, but I I can't help but wonder if we might have been better off just pursuing the sort of mini Shingo thing and having him doing the work rating matches, and that might have yielded something a bit better than what we've got at the moment. I mean, he's I can't can't imagine he's thrilled with his current persona like how there are so many guys that you're just you're just scratching your head yo tai chi um i mean and look i know people's mileage may may vary but like even hanare um okan um there's a lot of guys that that i don't know like so many I don't. I, I guess the term I'm looking for is graduating classes in recent memory. Really, are are just like swings and misses right now. Like in a lot of cases, even like a Master Watto. Like what are we? What, what's he going to be doing come Wrestle Kingdom? Um, and it seems like it's like that pack and and newer. It's like okay, what are we? What happened to this, to all these people? Where like did we give up on them? Did we like what? Like we got a big show here coming up, and it just feels like there's just there. We have so many guys that are just spinning their fucking wheels, and yet, you know, you look at the you look at the card, and you're just, you know, you're scratching your head. Like that's where the frustration comes in for me. Is is you look at that card, and it's like, hmm. you know, if we spend a little bit more time, we could have had and 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 if we spent a little bit more time and it's not like we didn't have the time <laughs> it just feels like what are we doing we are spinning our fucking wheels okay well let's move on and just quickly look at world tag league so uh first of all we have two new young lines debuting on this tour so we've got uh shoma Kato, who is the first young lion who came off of the Okada reality show to, to debut, and Katsuya Morashima. So that's exciting. Always good to see new young lions. Um, and I think this is a pretty strong lineup. So we are split into two blocks, and there's going to be the semi final and the final format. So going through the two blocks as I bring them up on my screen, because I didn't know before. Uh, have you seen the lineup statement? Um, you know what? I saw. <sighs> Did I? See? I saw him passing. Like, like, like. I didn't really spend a lot of time looking at it. Um, so okay. it, it, a lot of this stuff might right. be fresh. Right. So go ahead. Sure, I'll go through them. Uh, a block. We've got Shota Umino and Ren Narita, Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano, Great Okan and Hanare, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste, Alex Coglin and Gabe Kidd, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Kaito Kiyomiya and Ryohei Oiwa. And we have the Gates of Agony from AEW. So that's Bishop Korn and Toa Leona. Well, 
you, you say who, I've got loads of notes from very reputable sources uh, about how uh, who these guys are. So um, they are two-thirds of the reigning ROH six-man champs. Corn uh, is one of only two people to hold the title three times, and Corn and Tangaloa have... No, not Tangaloa. <laughs> no, I say Tangaloa. That shouldn't be Tangaloa, should it? This no. should be whatever the guy's name is. Uh, they've held the titles twice with Brian Cade. So Corn is a legitimate Cameroonian prince in his village, the leader of the village, was that who could quite literally out-wrestle the other male leaders. This fighting is called Bakweri fighting to establish the leader. Mm. Under Prince Nana, Korn has adapted the greetings from Ghana, the pedigree that Jimmy Rave used to use in the embassy. He renamed it Vey and Bay. It's encouraged to take it back to tie it back to Jimmy in tribute. Tonga Leona is particularly new to pro wrestling. Uh, less than three years, he's trained by Rikishi. He's aggressive, big power moves. Um, but exploded on the scene out of nowhere. So their tag finish is open the gates, like when kids open a parachute at recess but with a human body. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's uh, Gates of Agony. So that's A block, which yeah, I think that's a pretty strong block. We've got, I'd say, one shitter team there. We've got Evil and Yudro. But aside from that, I'd say pretty high quality. And then uh, in B block, we've got Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. That's uh, the, the reigning champs. Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki. I like that. Nicoleo and El Fantasmo. Taichi and Yuya Uemura. We have Yota Suji tagging with, uh, well, it's labelled as Zed. By the time you hear this, you've probably figured out who it is. Um, how, how am I going to say this? Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for this. I've been waiting two hours for this. You've, yeah, come on. <laughs> Good question from Andrew. Did... Uh, Redacted spoil that Xander Can Jr. would be Suji's partner on AJPW1972.com for a tiny slice of clout. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is Xander Can Jr. from CMLL. This is uh, from uh, some information from um, Gig, who's uh, our, my go to guy for CMLL stuff. So, apparently, he's a pirate who's been getting a bit of a push this year. He's really taken off as a trio uh, with the two sons of Villano 3. So, um, yeah, everything I've heard from people in the know are quite excited about Zandakan Jr. So, interesting pairing there with Yota Suji. We've got Atlantis Jr. and Soberano Jr., Lance Archer and Alex Zane, and Bad Luck Farley and Jack Bonza. So, again, I would say one shitter team there. The rest of it, I, I think that's a pretty strong tag league lineup. And I'm not saying that, yeah, you should, you know, knuckle down and watch every single one of these shows because I think one thing I forgot. That is important to remind people, however good these lineups look on paper, remember this is a house show tour, right? So most of these guys are going to be doing the same stuff in all the matches. This is not this is a tour that is not necessarily designed for freaks like us to watch every single match. Now, I'll, you know, stick it on, pop it in the background while I'm cooking dinner or, or whatever. Like, that's fine. But uh, don't be upset or shocked to see uh, plenty of matches where they're just getting their shit in and, you know, cycling through the same stuff. So uh, I would add that caveat before I throw too many flowers at World Tag League. But, um, yeah, Damon, just quick thoughts on that lineup. Yeah, it's not a bad lineup. It's it's actually pretty interesting. Um, could it, Are there names that are shockingly missing? Yes. Uh, I mean, there are plenty of names that I'm actually surprised I, I don't see. But, okay, uh, that being said, there are some teams that I'm uh, looking at and – should be fun. Yes, you're right. It, it is a house show tour, and uh, there will be a lot of t-shirt action, right? t-shirt matches. Um, that being said, 
I will be not watching that. <laughs> I will be <laughs> enjoy enjoy your podcasts and uh, all that. Now, actually, you know what? I'll be, I'll definitely I'll, I'll be tuning into some stuff, but yeah, it's going to be background stuff. In, in always the case with these, like watch watch the shows from the big venues because yeah. that's when you're going to get the good stuff. So uh, I would say the two openers from Coracon Hall, like the Coracon Hall shows, are always really good. So I'll definitely tune in for those. And the Osaka show from uh, Eddie and Arena 2 on December 2nd. So those are the ones I would say. And, yeah, of course, as you get to the, the semifinals and finals, they will be worth watching too. But, yeah, that's what I'd say to pencil in for now. Yeah, good for you. And listen, if you if you are into it and and are going to watch the whole – good for you. Knock yourself out. Like I, I just – I mean, there's just some things to me that uh, – yeah, you know, there's going to be some nights where it's just going to be the dregs, but you know what? At least on paper, I like what I see there, and um, it could be worse. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, yeah, there's a few questions on this. Red Bear Hugh says, "I hope Jack Bonzer gets to show what he can do. He's not part of the New Zealand Dojo. He coaches for PWA. He's a veteran of the Aussie scene and a great, excuse me, technical power hybrid. I'm worried he's just here to eat pins and that people will write him off by association with Farley." So. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a bit of uh, blowback from that from by lumping Jack Bonzer in with the, the Farley Dojo mess, right. which um, he's he's not involved in that. Right. So um, I'm going to try and yes, yeah, I'm going to try and come into the to approaching Jack Bonzer with an open mind and you know see what he can do. It's not the most exciting team on the the tagging lineup. But I'd say that's more because of Farley <laughs> rather than Jack Bonzer. Correct. So yeah, I'm interested to see uh, what he can do. Uh, what else we got? Morning progress. So should we expect someone of significance to go back over for the Continental Classic? Have you seen this Continental Classic, Damon? Uh, no, what? No, what? What are you talking about? This is this is Tony Khan basically trying to book a G1. Oh no! So he's what? Got, really? Yeah, he's got a. a a round robin tournament with I think it's two blocks of six running basically now it's going to be starting soon. <laughs> the funniest thing about this, this is uh, Brian Danielson, who, as we know, has uh, let, let's say not the best record of injuries. So he is part of this. So he's going to be doing this grueling round robin tournament in the oh <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom. God. So what's, what's the over under on um, him getting injured after match number one? I don't want him to get hurt. I want that to be very clear. I can't believe I have to say that, but okay, I'm going to put it out there. Extremely funny if it did. Unbelievable that they would do that. <laughs> so he's going to have at least five or six matches, right? Singles matches. Wow. Look at Tony Khan just lifting everything he can from this fucking promotion. Whew. Um, but yeah, the, the question was: uh, probably we expect, will. Uh, well, Yeah, I was going back to Morning Progress's question. Should we expect someone of significance to go back over for the Continental Classic in exchange for the eleventh biggest team in AW coming for World Tag League? <laughs> and what does it say about New Japan's expansion focuses when Farley gets into the World Tag League, but an accomplished strong team like West Coast Wrecking Crew gets locked out? Well. I mean, look, uh, it's favor time. You know, it's it's let's cash in some favor time. That's what it screams to me. So, um, look, look, it's pro wrestling, kids. I I I know people don't want to hear that, but that's what pro wrestling is. In a, in a, and even in two thousand and twenty three, like there is a lot of pro wrestling is not as modern and progressive as people want you to believe. Um, a lot of a lot of scratch my back, scratch yours, and I, to me this this is one of those moments. 
Sorry, it is. And uh, will anybody go to this? Was it the Continental Classic? Wow. Uh, yes, you will see. Uh, I will predict Kojima will be there because he loves the United States. <laughs> He's got a side chick here somewhere or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was funny seeing the reception to Gates of Agony. Everyone on our Discord was like, they're shit. And then everyone on Voices of Wrestling Slack was like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's this is good. Huh. So, um, I mean, one interesting point was made that uh, New Japan don't really have that sort of foreign monster heel at the moment. So hmm. they might fill that role. So, uh, again, I'll approach that with an open mind. Although, you know, I read those nice notes that were prepared from um, reliable professional sources. But then <laughs> I asked for Cliff Notes version of these guys from the Discord. What I got was... Uh, I. Uh, Toa Leona is legit dangerous and unsafe. There you go. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be really fun. Yeah. Can't wait to see um, him give a bit. Do we know who else is wrestling in this fucking Tony Khan a thon? Uh, no. This, just, think okay. Okay. Yet. All right. Well, I'd be curious to see who, who else if, is. If his booking patterns are anything to go by, they'll be like the two guys that are actually going to get pushed and then a bunch of jobbers. Yeah. Scissor guys or the scissor guys going to be in there. Ugh. My head hurts. All right, God, please let's let's continue. Scissor my own dick off the watch. That wow. Um, yeah, Multiverse says any hot takes on World Tag League are Shota and Ren the favourites, or do we go with House of Torture just because that's the least exciting option, which sadly seems to be the theme for quite a few Resurgated matches this year. Yeah. So uh, look, as always, I like to go to the final block nights for some clues. Yeah. So I'll read out what the matches are. This is in no particular order, and I think maybe we can sort of pass out what the semi-final direction would be. So we have on this final night for A Block, Ren and Shota against Yujiro and Evil, which looks like it's going to be a straight sort of de facto quarterfinal there. So uh, then we've got Yano Ishii against Hanare and Great Okan, which could be significant. Probably not, though. Uh, TMDK against the War Dogs. I would think that will be another one to decide someone going through to the semis. And then Oiwa and Kaito Kiyomiya against... Wait, did I even read the B block? Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then... Um, uh, but, 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 what did I say? Oiwa and Kaito against Gates of Agony, which I don't think is going to be significant. Mm. So, just looking on that, I would say Ren and Shota, and probably War Dogs going through to the semis from A Block. Yeah, it makes sense. Taichi and uh, Yuya, I would have thought would have been in the mix somewhere. They would have been like my dark horse, actually. Yeah, well, I, that's just A Block that I've read out oh, okay. at the moment. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the kid. We'll call them the kids and uh, war dogs are probably my bet. My my bet. And then on the B block final night, we've got Suji and Zandakan against Soberano and Atlantis, yeah. which yeah, I don't think that is going to be significant. Right. ELP and Hikaleo against Zayn and Archer. I think that will be and uh, probably ELP and Hikaleo to win that. Um, Bishamon against Yuya and Taichi. So Ooh. I think that will also be a de facto quarter final and. I, I just don't have any ev recent evidence to suggest that Yuya is anything more than Sanada's young boy at the moment. So until I actually see evidence that he is getting pushed, then I think Bishamon are probably winning and going through to the semis. And then also Nagata and Suzuki against Bonza and Fale, which I don't think will be significant. So again, from that B-block final night, I would probably pick ELP and Hikuleo and Bishamon to be going through to the semis. I'm going to go for the upset. I, I got this I got this uh dark horse feeling of Tai Chi and Yuya. So I like that. Um and they get to they beat uh Goro and uh, and uh, Yoshihashi. 
And that might help set up something maybe later. Oh, know what that sets up? I'll tell you what it sets up. Three way no. dance. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, no, as I've predicted, it semifinals would be Ren and Shota against ELP and Hikuleo, I guess, yeah. and then Bishamon against War Dogs. So then, probably the most interesting final for me would be Ren and Shota against the War Dogs, with Ren and Shota winning the tournament. And that leaves Yoshihashi and, and Goto out, huh? Bush, Bishamon out of the mix. So what are they? Yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, obviously they will be defending their tag titles at Wrestle Kingdom, right? But just based on current booking patterns, it's it's rare that the champion gets all the way to the final. Like we saw, sure. Sanada in the G one made it to the semis, right? I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't even shock me if Bishamon didn't even make it out of their block, but. Um, huh. I think they will. I think they'll make the semi-finals, but they won't make the final. So, yeah, Ren and Shota against War Dogs in the final. Ren and Shota to win, and then Ren and Shota to challenge for the tag titles proper against Bishamon at Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, look, that, that would be beautiful. I would, I would take that in a heartbeat. We'll see. I mean, it, it's let's put it this way: it's set up to do that, but we've been disappointed so many times uh, that it's hard for me to commit, but. Sure, let's commit. Let's do it. Uh, that would be fine by me. And um, yeah, that, I, I think it'd be really good. Musketeers, they they labeled them the Musketeers. It wasn't some, it wasn't like that. The press foisted that moniker on them against the will of the office. They called them the Musketeers. We cannot like this is the absolute least that they can do is give the World Tag League, and at the very least, like this is not nothing to make a big song and dance about right. but it, it's i mean based know, off a past winner you know the the, yeah. the the illustrious team of of david finley and juice robinson <laughs> <laughs> how dare you but uh yeah i mean they have put a lot of time and effort into telling this shota and ren story so yeah, i'll give them the benefit of the doubt i mean that might be fun and look there's some interesting pairings in these blocks like guys who are going to be facing off like we have all in the same block. We've got Kaito Kiyomiya and Gabe Kidd and, of course, Shota and Ren. So seeing those guys all cross paths should be fun. A great, uh, sorry, Hanare meeting up with Mikey Nichols again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Crazy shit they're going to do. So, yeah, some yummy stuff there. You, you think know, there's going to be any receipts? You think there's going to be a receipt given? Fucking better be. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Hanare. Lay it in there. Lay it in there. Nice and, nice and snug. Uh, Yuya and Yota meeting each other again in B block, which, you know, I think that should be a portent of wonderful things to come in the future. Um, not a huge amount there in B block. I'd say A block is stronger, but um, yeah, there's definitely stuff that I'm interested in. And, and yeah, probably one of the stronger World Tag League lineups in recent history. They've not lumped them all together in a massive single block thing. I think that's a, a plus. And yeah, there's a very few shitter teams in there. So yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's actually not bad. Um, the people that are doing the podcasts, uh, the teams that we have lined up for you, um, they should actually have some fun. There might be some. There might be some fucking nuggets in there. Let's put it that way. There might be some nuggets in there that they, that they get to uh, uh, talk about and discuss. I, I I hope so. I hope so because boy oh boy, it could be dregs. But no, it looks on paper. It looks pretty nice. All right. Bye, everyone.
Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.